everyone, welcome to the sixth episode of Transparent VC, brought to you by Funders Club, where we aim to shed light on the black box of venture capital. As a reminder, Funders Club is an early stage venture capital firm that has invested in 230 companies across the globe over the past five years. As a result of speaking to thousands of founders over the past few years, we've seen situations good and bad. And while most of the time situations go well, We've occasionally seen misalignment between investors and founders where round dynamics and terms don't go as planned. And our goal with this podcast is to help even the playing field for founders. I'm Kevin Lee, and I'm here with Jared Engelberg. Hey, everyone. So today, we're going to be talking about a topic that comes up sometimes, but perhaps not as often as it should, and that topic is the board of directors of a company. We'll be walking through why a board of directors exists how it works in public companies and in startups, um, things to think about as a founder when you're dealing with a board of directors. But I want to start with the 10-second takeaway if you don't have a lot of time. And that takeaway is our recommendation uh, within this room is that you would not be giving up a board seat as a founder before the Series A stage of financing unless you're selling equity to an experienced investor at the seed stage, and that seed investor is willing to step down from the board for an ultimate Series A when a new investor is going to come in. So that's a 10-second summary, and we'll, we'll get to that conclusion at the end of this podcast. So let's go all the way back to the beginning and start with what is a board of directors? Why is it important? Um, and we'll go from there. So a board of directors is the fundamental corporate governance structure of an incorporated company. In most of the world, but we're going to be focused on board of directors here in the U.S. And why do you need a board of directors? Well, it turns out that there's this really important thing when you incorporate a company. And that important thing is that you, as the founder, are not personally liable if the company goes bankrupt. Unless you take a personally, uh, like a personal promise loan or something like that. But in general, you have this really nice put option, if you will, where if the company goes bankrupt, you're not personally liable as a founder. But to ensure that your company is incorporated, you have to have some sort of uh, corporate governance structure, namely called a board of directors. That board of directors could be just you, right, as a solo founder. It could be you and your co-founders. But as you start to raise outside investment, often you get outside board members, either through the lead investors in your round or independent board members, and we'll come back to those. Other companies have board of directors too. Uh, If you think about public companies, companies that have their equity that trades on public markets. All of these companies have board of directors, and these boards are elected by the shareholders in those companies. And there's crazy stories about activist investors trying to take over boards and the whole Wall Street movie construct, potentially. But today we're going to be really focused on startups and startup boards. So we at Funders Club are most frequently encountering companies at this, at the pre-series A or seed stage. And, and often the question that we're getting is, okay, when is the right time to give a board seat? What should I be thinking about when I'm giving up a board seat, specifically to an investor? So let's, let's take a step back in history for a second. Venture capital has been around since roughly 1940s, 1946. And in that time, uh, it's become pretty intertwined the idea of leading an equity investment in a company and receiving a board seat for your trouble. And it really is receiving a board seat. Uh, you should think about as a founder, you're giving up uh, part of the control of your company when you're giving up a board seat. 
Unfortunately, most lead investors, fortunately or unfortunately, most lead investors are, are going to need a board seat in order to do the, uh, do the investment. And let me explain why that is. So if you think about ownership or control in a company, it really comes in two facets. One is the percent ownership that any individual controls in the company. For the really, really, really big deals, like selling your company, for example, all shareholders vote. This is true in the public markets. This is true in the private markets. And in those votes, your percentage ownership of a, of a class of shares or of the company matters. But for a lot of the other matters that happens in a company, uh, if, you, if we want to think about things like that we see on Silicon Valley TV show, for example, selecting a CEO, these are board members or board matters where every board member gets a vote and the board members act on behalf of the shareholders of the company. So that means, for example, if there are more outside board members or more investor board members than there are founder board members or company board members, that means just by sheer numbers, uh, a CEO can be ousted from a company by a board vote, right? So that's an example of a board-controlled matter where your percent ownership in the company is not so important, but rather the number of voices or the number of individuals that you have on the board. So if that's the ultimate future, right? If you're thinking about, okay, what is the leverage or what are the, what are the weights of the inside versus outside board members uh, on, a comp- on a startup company's board? Again, transporting ourselves all the way back to the seed stage. How should we be thinking about down the road how this all plays out? So again, what, what have I told you so far? Every time that you, re- that you raise a lead equity round by an outside investor, it's very likely that they're going to ask for a board seat. So, and, and very likely you're going to have two individuals from the company on the board. And that means, okay, by series seed, let's say you raise an equity round at the seed stage, you give up a board seat, you raise a series A, give up another board seat, maybe two, but let's just say one. And then series B, raise another equity term sheet you give up, and give up another board seat. All of a sudden, right away, you have three outside investors and two founders on the board, five total. It's a three to two vote. And also generally after the second round of financing, you may actually even have an independent board member who's not an investor or a founder. And this is someone who's kind of a neutral party. They might have a lot of industry knowledge, some great contacts, you know, extreme value add for your company. So you can expect to have this independent who sometimes can even break ties. So it's probably a good thing to have this independent. Yeah, that's a great point, Kevin. I, I, uh, I think that's right. And I think the, the point I was trying to allude to, and we'll come to, we'll come to independent board members in a second, is that the, just the founder versus investor dynamic can start to swing towards the investors very quickly if you start to give up board seats really early in your company's life cycle, even uh, holding uh, in control for the independent board members. And so... And so all I'm trying to say there is what we've seen work best at the seed stage is in, because the board dynamic or the board control ratio can start to swing towards investors very quickly if you're giving up seed investor board seats is we see experienced seed investors, people like First Round Capital, people like SoftTech, others. Uh, I think we were talking about Jason Lumpkin as well before this. They're willing to take a board seat or have a representative take a board seat at the seed stage if you're selling equity. Again, if someone is investing safes or convertible notes, my opinion is that they should not be asking for a board seat as a part of that safe or convertible note investment because technically this individual doesn't even own equity yet. Recall back to our convertible note and safe podcast where we said a safe or convertible note is an agreement to have equity in the future, but you don't have equity yet. And so if there's, if there's a seed investor you're selling equity to that wants to take a board seat, these experienced investors will often say, hey, I want to take a board seat now 
So I'm part of the company, I'm part of the governance, I'm in the conversation, I can be helpful to you, I can be there, boots on the ground, talking to you frequently, but when it comes time to raise your Series A round, I will step down, I, I being this, this Series Seed lead investor. Why do they do this? It's coming back to the same idea that they don't want, they even know they don't, they, the seed investor, know they don't want the weights to shift too much towards the investors too quickly. Oftentimes, these individuals will step into what's called a board observer role. What's a board observer? The board observer is an individual who still participates in board meetings, but does not have a vote, right? So again, this idea of one board member, one vote in these corporate governance issues uh, can be circumvented with this board observer where you still have this individual who's involved with these decisions and helping you with advice, et cetera, but not necessarily having a vote. And we think this board observer role actually has a lot of power. There's downsides to it too. I mean, we've seen board observerships where the board observers are louder than the board members or the founders, right? And uh, there's a vote, but then there's also a voice in, in the room when you're having these monthly or quarterly board meetings that are important for corporate governance. But we, if you're going to give up a seed, a board seat to a seed investor, talk about what, what's going to happen at the Series A. Don't leave it up to chance, right? Like make sure you, you're in alignment with your, with your investor about the future. So let's play this into the, into the future a little bit now. Um, we're going Series B, series, uh, series B, Series C, Series D. You're thinking about an IPO. I only bring this up for you, the seed founder, because these are the things that you should be thinking about early on. Um, by the time that you're a public company, you're probably going to have six, seven, 13 board members, right? Like I've seen crazy numbers. And at that point, um, you have to think of yourself as the intermediary or the representative of, of your company to these outsiders who are the representatives of the investors. They can be either actual investors in your company, they can be really famous people who you just brought in to help politicians or other managers, et cetera, who you brought in to help round out the board and its experience. But at that point, uh, the dynamics have shifted fully where you as a CEO again, are now the representative of the company and the board is the representative of the shareholders. And the closer that you can align uh, yourself as a representative of the company to the representative of the shareholders, uh, the better served you'll be as, as the CEO in, within this larger board construct. And that's why you hear a lot about public company CEOs managing the expectations of shareholders, managing the expectations of their board members. That really becomes a lot of your job. Uh, some of the more aggressive founders in our, in our current zeitgeist the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world, et cetera, create entire different shares of voting classes to make sure that they actually can continue to retain control even as they become public. And we could do an entire another podcast on like public company board dynamics and voting share classes, et cetera. But we really, again, I'm only mentioning this now to you, the seed founder, just because I want you to get a sense of, hey, how long can I legitimately hold on to majority control of my board if I'm planning to raise multiple rounds of financing? And the truth is you can probably get through the series B, maybe, but by the Series C or beyond, one would expect that you, you've probably no longer, you're probably no longer retaining majority control of your board. Kevin, any thoughts there? Nope. Um, I would say, I think emphasizing Jared's point of aligning interests uh, with your board and, and that of your shareholders, I think there's a common misconception uh, that uh, the that board members are there to really like protect their own kind of interests or their own investment interests. Um, their own firm's investment interests, but uh, there was an actual fiduciary duty of board members to protect 
um, you know, the best interests of the shareholders of the company. And literally a board can be sued by the shareholders if if the shareholders do not feel that their best interests are being represented. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, it's oftentimes you hear all these stories of board members kind of ousting a CEO, um, ousting founders. You hear these negative stories. It's not necessarily because, you know, there's, you know, there's something personal that happened. They're trying to kick them out. It's because the shareholders themselves, you know, are, are kind of, there's an outcry there. Um, they think that the founders are not acting in the best interest of the company. And so uh, you know, certain situations like this means that you really want to be aligned with who you're picking for your board from the get-go. That's a great point, Kevin. Yeah, in fact, there's entire classes of insurance products just to help ensure the liability of board members in a, in a stockholder claim against the board. Um, as well as uh, one would say, it, it is really important to align with your board early and think about who's going to be on your board. Uh, it's possible to oust a CEO from a, from a board or from a company. It's really difficult to oust a board member. Uh, and to do so requires a vote of the shareholders and all these other things. And so think about that as well. You're going to be meeting, just, just from a personal perspective, you're going to be meeting with this individual on a monthly or quarterly basis. They are going to be the main proxy by which you're evaluating the interim success of your business on a periodic basis. And so if, if you have trouble communicating with this individual early on in these early conversations, it's probably, gonna, it's probably not going to get any easier over time. So think about, hey, do I even want to be with this person, be, be essentially married to this person for a, for a very long time? You can't divorce your investors, I think is one of the main takeaways of this podcast in general. So in, summer, in summing this all up together, a relatively brief podcast today, but the, the main takeaway, again, for you, the seed founder, do not be giving, uh, you should not be giving up a board seat to a seed stage investor unless you are selling equity to that investor and that investor and you and that investor are aligned about the future makeup of the board, including potentially stepping down uh, as a seed board member and becoming a board observer at the Series A or later. Well, we thank you for listening to this episode of Transparent VC. As always, we love your feedback, thoughts, questions, anything. Um, and yes, thank you.